This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, here we go with our latest edition of Nothing But Bucks and another tough Sunday. The two-game win streak at home comes to a close as the New Orleans Saints are crowned the NFC South champions by virtue of a 28-14 comeback win at the expense of our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On what was an overcast Sunday, down and dreary as far as the weather and down and dreary as far as the finish to what had been a good start to the Bucs game, but unfortunately it's a four-quarter game and New Orleans did what they had to do. So here's what we have in store for you on the program. I'll give you some thoughts on what I saw, especially from field level as part of Buccaneers Radio. We'll go over the highlights, of which there were obviously some for these Buccaneers and the job that they were able to do uh, for a lot of the first three quarters, at least, of this game. Building a 14-3 lead, looking like they were in good shape. Unfortunately, again, the Saints were the better team. Bucks unable to convert uh, on third down on several occasions in the second half. Keep drives alive, get points, and New Orleans is too good of a team. You keep giving Drew Brees, who's a borderline Hall of Famer, that many opportunities. Of course, he is going to come back and make plays against you, and that's exactly what happens. So we'll hear all of that in the highlights. We've got some post-game interviews, including from Jameis Winston, really a tale of two halves for Jameis and the offense. What happened in particular in the second half? What were the Saints doing in the second half? What were the Bucks not doing well enough in the second half? You'll get those answers from Jameis. You'll hear from Cam Braid, who had two touchdowns. Did you know that Cameron Braid now, with those two touchdown catches, leading the Bucks in touchdown receptions with six of them on the season has become a go-to weapon again now that Jameis is back as the starting quarterback especially in the red zone had two more of them you'll hear from Cam Brait when this one is uh, wrapped up here also Andrew Adams who a week ago had those interceptions he's part of that Buccaneer defense that again for a lot of this game did some things well got some turnovers got the lead uh, for the offense, had had the offense in great shape with a turnover to start the second half. Andrew Adams will talk to us about this one uh, being done, and then we'll hear from the head coach as well, Dirk Cutter, after this team has to swallow a bitter pill, was looking to be uh, six and seven with three straight wins and firmly in the NFC wildcard race. Instead, all of that dashed in about 29 minutes of football in the second half by the Saints, who again have clinched the South and at least a home game for the playoffs and maybe about to clinch much more after the Rams lost on Sunday night. Things are open for the Saints to keep right on winning and end up with home field advantage in the NFC playoffs for the duration of it. So again, that's the situation as it all wraps up. Let's go back as we go into our highlights to the beginning of this game, and you couldn't ask for a better beginning. For the second week in a row, the Buccaneers get the ball after the Saints won the toss and deferred. Now look, it had rained a bunch overnight in the Tampa Bay area. You're probably familiar with this. If you were in the Bay Area, it was a torrential downpour for a lot of Sunday morning. But time and again, credit the staff, the grounds crew, the facilities people with Raymond James Stadium and the Tampa Sports Authority. That is arguably the best field in the National Football League. Week in and week out, it drains incredibly well, even in the torrential rain. They had the field covered Saturday night into Sunday. They uncovered it about two hours before the game. And I was down on the field before the game, and look, there was not much 
moisture at all, even on the field, despite all of the rain. So that was no factor. You weren't going to have an excuse really about the footing in terms of wetness. Now, maybe in terms of the type of grass, the winter ryegrass and the December stuff that Dave Moore always talks about on our uh, Buccaneers radio broadcast, you got to have the extra long spikes to keep your footing. That doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the wetness of the ground. It just has to do with the type of grass and, and how it kind of gets a little slick when it's cooler in that regard, and you've got to adjust to it. So in any event, through all the rain, the weather, it remained overcast. The weather was not really a factor. What was a factor is the Bucks. After the Saints deferred, elected to kick off, the Bucks took the opening drive, went right down the field. Jameis Winston, a big toss to Mike Evans. At the beginning of that drive, they eventually power inside the 10-yard line, and then... Dropping Winston, looks toward the end zone, fade route toward the end It's caught ball! Touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Buccaneers and flag throw! The catch made by Cameron Great. Is it defensive pass interference? I think it will be. So there's touchdown number one from Jameis to Cam Brait. And again, the Buccaneers had to be uh, feeling good because that's the third week in a row against the 49ers, the Panthers, and now the Saints where you break on top 7-0 with a first quarter touchdown, capping that drive off. So... Uh, Braid actually catching an 11-yard touchdown on that one, just outside the goal-to-go situation. Seven plays, 75 yards, Bucks in front. Saints would come back, and they would add a field goal, a 30-yarder from Will Lutz, the kicker. It is interesting because we go round and round about this with the word, of course. In skating, it's known as the Triple Lutz. The Saints kicker is known as Will Lutz. I live in the northern suburb of Tampa, which is Lutz, spelled the same way, L-U-T-Z. It's just how do you want to pronounce it. Will Lutz is the name. He kicked the field goal 30 yards out. Game is now 7-3 in favor of the Buccaneers. And then the Buck defense. So much has been made about the improvement of the defense, and we saw it again Sunday for a lot of this game pressuring Drew Brees into bad throws, getting off the field on third down in the first half, and then something the team had not been doing in the first half of the season. It continued here. Takeaways. Ingram in the backfield, dropping Brees. Ingram says, it's an interception at the 40-yard line. Fox, come up with another takeaway. Picked off on a little screen pass play intended for Mark Ingram. Great play, Buccaneers. Aldarius Taylor. Get there and row the boat, Fox. It looks good, doesn't it? Another takeaway. <laughs> Yes, Darius Taylor doing a great job of reading the screen pass. The Saints faking it one way and trying to throw the screen back the other way to Mark Ingram. Taylor jumps right in front of him for the interception. How about with that interception in the, in the second quarter of the game, the Bucks with seven interceptions at that point in ten quarters of football. Again, to belabor it, one pick in the first nine games. You had seven of them in ten quarters when that interception happened, and it did not take the Bucs long in the final minute to get into scoring range right before halftime as Jameis Winston uh, moved the team down inside the five. The Saints uh, are trying to buckle down a completion to Adam Humphrey sets things up inside the five-yard line. You try the up and over with Peyton Barber, and the Saints stopped him. Bucks take a timeout, and then here we're looking again for Jameis's favorite tight end target. High formation again with an ace back in front, Alec Voss. Winston at the center, takes the snap, play action fake, rolling, throws the ball toward the middle. It's caught! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! A throwing pass on third down and goal, and the catch is made by Cameron Brait, and the Bucs get a touchdown with 26 seconds left. Cam Brait's second touchdown of the game from a yard out, and Uncle Mo clearly with the Buccaneers going to intermission. 
at 14-3 in this one. And uh, Winston, a solid first half uh, in this football game. You've got to give him credit with moving the team. And again, a couple of red zone possessions both end up in touchdowns. Jameis in the first half was 12 of 21, 130 yards with the two scores. Drew Brees just 10 of 15, 101 yards with the interception. Advantage Buccaneers. I mean, you knew the Saints were going to get the ball to start the second half, but that's advantage Buccaneers with the way that uh, things had unfolded in your stake to the lead. And we talked to head coach Dirk Cutter live on Buccaneers Radio going into the locker room. I said, hey, what's the message to the team? He simply said 30 more minutes emphatically. Boy, was he right about 30 more minutes and what would unfold in those final 30 minutes. Now, first up, the Saints again would get the kickoff to start the second half. And after running a first down play, the Buck defense would strike again. Empty backfield, dropping Breeze. Breeze is going to, he's uh, dropped the ball. It's stumbled, picked up on the deck, and who's got it? Bucks die for it. Has Tampa Bay come up with it? I think we have. Tampa Bay Buccaneer football. Breeze fumbles the football. Big pressure by the front four. And the Bucks start the third quarter the way we finish the second. Oh, yeah. Carl Nassib knocking that ball loose and out onto the ground with a strip sack. He's officially credited as the strip sack. And Jason Pierre-Paul recovers second takeaway of the day for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And again, continuing to run the meter. That's eight takeaways for the Bucs over the last two weeks. And how good has Jason Pierre-Paul been? I mean, JPP has got to be on that Pro Bowl roster. Uh, it, it is an argument. It's a discussion that he's been the Bucks' most valuable player this season as he comes up with that uh, fumble recovery, had two uh, tackles for loss in this game, had eight total tackles, making run stuffs, deflected another pass to stop the Saints on, on a third down in the first half. Uh, JPP number 90 has been everything as advertised or that you could have hoped for and then some for these Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the way that they played. Uh, and so again, you're set up in this moment for an opportunity to really stomp on the accelerator against the Saints. But then uh, things just started to go backwards. A series of plays that started to go backwards for sure, including Cairo Santos missing a 40-yard field goal. He had missed one in the first half that had hit the upright. Jameis Winston taking a sack that backed the field goal up to 46 yards. He hit the right upright. Now going south into the south end zone, pushes one wide to the right. And I can tell you at field level, and looking around Raymond James Stadium, the air came out of the place at that moment. Instead of the euphoria, the excitement of marching down, getting a touchdown that would have put you up 21 to three. And then in your, you're in command of the game. Then you're wondering, are the Saints gonna roll over here after what Dallas did to them a week and a half ago on Thursday night? Would you just basically put them away with a psychological blow early in the third? It didn't happen. Instead, the psychological blow was to the Bucks because you missed the field goal, and then eventually here the Bucks defense does its job, gets a three and out. The Bucks offense, though, struggled throughout the second half, couldn't move the ball. You're still up 14-3, to and then another special teams gaffe uh, really uh, struck the Bucks hard and quickly. Good snap, and the kick just, it's blocked, a blocked punt by the Saints. And Trey Hill, a reserve quarterback, special teams... Gets a block punt for the Saints, and boy, that turns this game around. 7-18 to go, and the Saints have it deep in Buccaneer territory. That's backup quarterback Taysom Hill jumping in and blocking Brian Anger's punt, and New Orleans is able to recover at the 30-yard line. 
on that play. Huge momentum swing. Cannot emphasize enough that you've got all of Uncle Mo with you with the ball up 14-3 in their plus territory. Inside their 25-yard line, you get nothing on that drive. Now you turn around about three minutes of clock time later, and the Saints block the kick. They've got momentum. Taysom Hill's a former Nebraska quarterback, very athletic. He's the third quarterback that they've left active. They leave him on kickoff return. Uh, They leave him on kickoff coverage. They have him out there as well on punt block, as you saw. Huge momentum swing, and eventually the Saints would get in the end zone here on third and goal. Here's the fake handoff, and Breeze dropping, looking, looking, those upfield, caught ball, touchdown, New Orleans Saints. The fullback, Zach Line makes the catch, his second touchdown catch of the season. Yeah, you're just not going to be able to stop Drew Breeze every single time, and he's able to hit the fullback, Zach Line, with that toss, the one-yard score. Interesting that Sean Payton in the, in the third quarter was already thinking about points at a premium and would go for two. I mean, the only thing you're thinking at that point if you're going for two is, hey, we need a field goal to tie the game and maybe a field goal to win the game. As stingy as the Bucks' defense has been, why else would still a few minutes left in the third quarter in basically what is a one-touchdown game, are you going for two? But that's what the Saints did uh, yesterday, and Alvin Kamara ends up catching the two-point play. So the game is 14-11, to and again, New Orleans just continued. They made adjustments in the second half, continued to run the ball better with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Uh, they combined for 103 yards in the game, most of that in the second half, 25 carries, 103 yards between both of those two. Uh, Ingram would bust down on a 17-yard run uh, down inside uh, Buccaneer territory and then eventually here would uh, punch things in, uh, would, would punch things down near the goal line. That would set up, well, I mean, look, the Bucks had a chance to make a stand here in this instance because the Saints had the ball on second and goal and Ingram was stuffed. On third down, Breeze was throwing for Michael Thomas, but he couldn't come up with the ball. Excellent defense by the Bucks on Thomas. So now it's fourth and goal, and you were wondering, again, we're late in the third quarter uh, here, or actually early on in the fourth quarter here, you're wondering, is Sean Payton going to go ahead and just tie the game up? On fourth down, it was about a foot, a foot and a half away. Will he just go ahead and tie the game at 14? No, he's a coach that loves to gamble. This is a guy that had the onside kick at the start of the second half of the Super Bowl against the Colts to win it. Constantly loves to, with his Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, go for it on fourth down. Heck, they won a game earlier this year in overtime in Atlanta with an up-and-over dive on fourth and goal. Uh, that, that was the play that actually won the game for them. So here you go, same situation, fourth and goal, and guess who? Drew Brees will get underneath center, Max under. Fourth down and goal. High for me. He goes over the top. He scores the touchdown. And the Saints lead for the first time of the game. Again, Mean Gene Deckerhoff with the calls on Buccaneers Radio as uh, we watch Drew Brees leap up and over. I know there was some uh, that Carl Nassib in particular was was at least upset that he thought Zach Lyon, the fullback, was not allowed to go into motion because Lyon had put his hand down on the ground in the backfield. In looking, and I went ahead and did the research here on Nothing But Bucks, in looking at the NFL rulebook, it doesn't specify about the fullback in the backfield having a hand down on the ground in a three-point stance and whether or not he's allowed or not to go into motion and whether that's illegal motion. I know Carl was very upset with the officials down on the goal line that when Line had put his hand down, he went into motion, and that it should have been a five-yard penalty making it fourth and goal at the six. 
that didn't happen. Brees snuck the ball over, and really, it's a killer. It's a killer moment there. You get the points, you get the extra point. The game is 18 to 14, and then the Buck defense, time and again in this second half, can't really move the ball, can't get anything going, ending up having to punt. The the Saints put the hammer down. Ingram ends up with the 17-yard touchdown run. That really clinched the game. They got one more field goal at the end of things, and that's the final margin, 28-14 with 25 unanswered points. I mean, the Saints start the second half with a turnover at their own 23. The strip sack gives the ball first and 10 to the Buccaneers at the Saints 23. The Bucs get no points there and then get outscored 25-zip for the rest of the game. Some of this, again, you have to credit the New Orleans Saints for the job that they did. They get paid too. Breeze is a Hall of Famer. I know he only threw for 201 yards and the one touchdown, the one short touchdown pass. But they made the most of their possessions in the second half, their trips into the red zone. They go inside the red zone three times in the second half and get three touchdowns out of it and then even add a fourth field goal. Four total red zone trips, three touchdowns and a field goal. Uh, we mentioned Breeze, 24 of 31, 201 yards of the game. Michael Thomas did have 11 catches, but just 98 yards. He wasn't overwhelming. He had a couple of big third down catches. Just uh, just not good enough uh, from the Bucks in particular when you look at the lack of first downs. I mean, the, the final drive of the game when the issue was decided in the final minute or so, the Bucks picked up three first downs on that drive. But in the second half of this game, only nine first downs total, uh, less than 100 net yards total in the second half. Not good enough. No points. Uh, I mean, you're not going to be able to beat a playoff caliber team like the Saints, even if you do have the 14-3 to lead. So that was the situation. We went inside the Buccaneer locker room to talk with some of the participants when it was done on our Hooters postgame show. We started with quarterback Jameis Winston, who, uh, who said very succinctly here, put it on him. You built the 14-3 to lead. What did they do differently or do better in the second half to turn it around, Jameis? Uh, we just didn't finish. Um... I got to get the ball out of my hand and not take unnecessary sacks, but we didn't finish. The pass rush from them, how big a factor as the game wore on was their ability to rush the quarterback? Uh, I just got to get the ball out of my hands. Uh, that's that's the big thing. Uh, they did a good job covering, uh, covering and sometimes covering uh, equal sacks, coverage. Can you say something about the way this team played to start the game? Because you were able to get in the end zone twice. You had a 14-3 lead at the half. What were you doing well in the first half? We were just executing. Um, we started fast because we came out with a chip on our shoulder. Uh, we got to finish with that chip on our shoulder. And finally, here for this team, this is demoralizing, obviously, but you still have three games left to go. What's being said to each other? What will be the mindset as this one comes to a close? Uh, we just got to finish. Uh, we got three uh, tough opponents coming up. We have to finish and, uh, and take every game, uh, respect every opponent, and go out there and play. Yeah, make no mistake, uh, Jameis knows he needed to be better. Uh, the Saints were sacking him throughout the day. Uh, putting that pressure on, he did have one interception on virtually the final play of the game, hoisting it for the end zone into double coverage when the issue was long decided. So that pops up on the stat sheet, too, for the turnover margin. Jameis finishing 18 of 38, 213 yards, the two touchdowns to Cam Brate, the one interception. You know what you keep coming back to is the Buccaneers struggling to run the football. Didn't, it, didn't have a balanced attack, didn't have 
uh, the play action setup because of it just couldn't run. Jaquiz Rogers, Peyton Barber end up carrying 18 times 58 yards uh, in the game. Barber 14 for 42 yards in the contest. Not good enough. Not good enough with running the football, especially in the second half of the game when you were trying to to stomp on the lead. Mike Evans did have a late catch to help pad the stats. Four catches, 86 yards. Did have the 36-yarder early on in the game. Adam Humphreys didn't have him in the highlights, but four catches, 42 yards. Cameron Brake, the two catches for touchdowns, had 12 yards and the two scores in the loss. Speaking of Cameron Brate, again, when this one was done in our postgame coverage, I spoke with him about the touchdowns, about what the Saints were doing differently in the second half, and much more. Here you go. So I was just asking Jameis Winston, what was the difference in the second half? What, what adjustments did they make? What did you guys not do well enough? Um just seemed like we couldn't get on rhythm offensively um you know every positive play we would have uh you know we do something kind of dumb the next play whether it was uh you know receivers not on the same page as the quarterback uh sacks penalties it was just we just couldn't seem to get a rhythm going so um i mean it was really frustrating uh you know i thought we played well in the first half just obviously didn't continue after uh halftime there what did you do well in the first half you got in the end zone a couple of different times but what was clicking in half number one um, I thought we were we were run the ball a little bit better. Um, uh, I thought Jameis was making good decisions. Uh, obviously, we had a couple big plays. Uh, Mike had a big play down the sideline the first drive. Um, seemed like he had he had a little more uh, a little more time back there in the pocket. And uh, if we give him time, uh, we, we know he's going to make plays. I thought he did a good job uh, making some plays with his legs on third downs uh, to keep drives alive. So, um, just for whatever reason, just couldn't couldn't continue doing that in the second half. On the play right before halftime, the third and goal play, is that you all the way or are you just one of the options that Jameis is looking for? Uh, that one's, we've been saving that one uh, since week one. Uh, kind of what they do defensively. Uh, the linebacker kind of just flies out looking for the corner out, so kind of sold a little bit and, uh, you know, he bit, so uh, it was pretty open. It was pretty pretty easy touchdown. How much do you credit New Orleans, who's obviously had a great season, for a second half comeback on the road? Uh, a ton. I mean, winning winning on the road in the NFL is hard. Um, I mean, they're a really good team. Anytime you win 10 games in a row, uh, that's not luck. So uh, you got to give credit to them. Uh, I thought defensively they really challenged us in the second half with uh, some of the looks they were doing, some of the coverages they were giving us. Um, you know, and they have some good guys on the D-line who were able to get some pressure, and uh, we just didn't have an answer for it. And finally, you're a veteran player here for this team, and this is a tough loss. you got three more to go. What do you tell yourselves? What do you tell each other? Uh, I mean, we get to play football for a living, so, um, you know, we're just, we're just blessed to be in that position. Uh, you know, no matter what our record is, uh, we're going we're gonna to fight for each other. We're going to fight for the coaches. Um, so, I mean, we still have a lot to play for, uh, regardless of what our record is, and hopefully we can finish out the year strong. And again, it's tough. You feel for him because he has played better as of late. And again, the Bucks. I'll say this over and over again on Nothing But Bucks. You've got the deepest, most talented receiving core in the NFL. And there it was again yesterday where the Saints were taking away Chris Godwin on numerous occasions and he only had one catch. Brates there for the touchdowns. Or Humphreys is there over the middle and you were able to get a couple of ones down the field to Mike Evans as things went along. Bucks have enough weapons. They just couldn't click in the second half, move the chains, get points, and the Saints were able to overtake them. How did they overtake them defensively? Well, one guy that was gracious to speak with me after it was over was Andrew Adams, who started in that secondary yesterday. Again, the Bucks have been banged up at defensive back throughout this season. Adams, who had the three interceptions last week, knows that the defense did some things well, but in the end, Drew Brees and the Saints did get the better of them. 
I know it's tough to stand here after this second half. Again, same question I asked to the other guys. How much do you credit the Saints for whatever they were able to do because they turned this game completely around, Andrew? Yeah, you got to give them credit where credit's due. You know, um, they were able to get you know a couple a couple plays together. You know, that kind of that kind of shifted the, the momentum. And I think uh, you know when they got the ball rolling and uh, they smelt a little bit of blood, you know, they just kept attacking. So, um, you know, it's really on us to stop the bleeding, you know, and get back on track. Yes, this team got a couple of takeaways. Darius gets the interception on the screen pass. You get the sack fumble to start the second half. I mean, there was ball hawking again going and getting the ball, right? Definitely. You know, we've we've emphasized it, you know, uh, enough that, you know, when you get take it, when you get takeaways, you win games, and um, that's what the defense, you know, has been doing. That's what we're going to continue to do. But we just got to come away, you know, to uh, win the game. You were out there against Drew Brees, who's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. What was he doing well in that second half to rally them, Andrew? Um, I think he was going through all his progressions. You know, he wasn't um, keying in on one guy. He 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 was able, you know, to look left, look right, and then find the open guy. So. Um, I think, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Drew Brees, you know, played well in the second half. And finally, for this team, you got three games remaining. You just have to reassure yourself, get ready to go back to work tomorrow and go battle the Ravens, right? I mean, yeah, you know, um, it's not, you know, a psyche valve, but we had the Saints, you know, 14-3 at halftime, you know, 30 minutes of football, we win the game. So, you know, we have a great team, you know, playoff caliber team. We just got to, you know, keep pushing, you know, keep our, our, uh, our foot on the pedal. And again, not overwhelming numbers from Breeze. Uh, 201 yards passing and a touchdown. I mean, if you're if you're selling that to uh, head coach Dirk Cutter and to Mark Duffner, the interim defensive coordinator, hey, Drew Breeze only going to throw for 201 yards and one touchdown. Will you take that right now? Will you pay a thousand bucks for that? Sure, they would pay for that right now. But it was enough for the Saints, and it was enough to sustain their drives over and over again in the second half with key third downs. They ran the ball better in the second half, as we mentioned, with Kamara and Ingram, and they get the win. So that left the head coach to come unhappily and discuss this one after it was over, a 28-14 Saints victory. Here you go. Uh, this, uh, this comes down to New Orleans making some plays in the second half. What did they do differently or better to turn this game around, Coach? Well, they got, they got a good football team, and uh, – you know, we played an excellent first half, but, you know, we got we got dominated on offense in the second half, which led to our defense being on the field too long. Uh, I still don't think our defense played bad, you know, based on the team we're playing against. But, uh, you know, we got dominated on offense, didn't move it at all in the second half. And then we had way too many problems in the kicking game between, you know, a block punt, two missed field goals. Uh, a couple of penalties and uh, so our offense and our kicking game you know when you're playing a team like New Orleans you got to play better than that and our, our defense our defense did a good job but the other two phases we weren't good enough along those same lines you just have to credit the Saints with some of this and Drew Brees as well he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer how much do you credit him with making adjustments including on the fly as they went along in the second half well he he's a, he's a fantastic player there's no question about that but again it, you know, it's just not that tough. 14 points, 14 points isn't going to do it against a team like New Orleans. And uh, our defense hung in there as long as they could. I think we had almost 17 minutes of uh, time of possession in the first half and only something like 12 in the second half. And that's, you know, you can't, you just can't keep putting your defense out there against that offense. A couple of positives. Jason Pierre-Paul making plays all over the field once again today. I know you've not seen coaches tape, but he made numerous stops in the run game, deflected a couple of balls. Just say something about the way you thought he played. Yeah, I thought I thought JPP 
uh, Levante David, Carl Nassib all all played extremely well. Although Mike Minter or Kevin Minter was playing well until he unfortunately went down with the with an injury, so we didn't have him in the second half. But uh, you know, the, again, our our defense, you know, we take we take that effort when they when they do what they did in the first half. And they come out and serve up that turnover for us to start the second half. We we got to get points there. I mean, we, we need to get seven to win the game, and you know we, sh we sure as heck got to get three. So uh, proud of the way the defense played, and uh, you know we got to help them in the other two phases. And again, you've not seen tape, but Jameis Winston had a lot of success in the first half. Had trouble uh, in half number two. Again, how much do you credit New Orleans? Their pass rush, maybe adjustments they made in coverage, those kind of things, Coach. They didn't do that much different. Uh, you, you know what? What our issue today is, Jameis got hit too much, and uh, you know we didn't do a good enough job getting off, getting off their their tight coverage. They they covered us tight. We didn't do a good job getting separation, and then when your quarterback's getting hit like that, then uh, yeah, we had holding penalties. We had four sacks. Uh, you know, Jameis, your, your quarterback's he's going to get. A little antsy back there when when you're getting hit that often. I mean, when it's not a clean pocket, you go back. You know, we watched our our first game and we had a clean pocket for most of the game. And uh, hats off to New Orleans defense, but you know our offense, we we have higher expectations than that. And he is absolutely right. 14 points, not going to be enough against that kind of team when you get the 14 in the first half and can't put any more on top of it. As the Saints score 25 unanswered and avenge the early season loss. The first game was 48-40. It looked for a while like this might be a game with both teams in the teens. As it turned out, the Saints put two more touchdowns up on the board and won 28-14 in this one. And it's back to the drawing board. With only three games remaining, two of them on the road, and then a home finale with the Atlanta Falcons. Bottom line here for the Bucks is that you've got to just try to regroup and uh, and be professionals. And that's what Jameis Winston had to say. That's what uh, Andrew Adams had to say after this game. That's what the head coach is talking about there. The only thing you can do is buckle down and be better uh, for the Buccaneers in this situation uh, moving forward with the two road games. Baltimore in the playoff chase after they lost in Can in uh, Kansas City yesterday in overtime. They're in the AFC wildcard race. The Cowboys won and are leading their division. Those are not going to be easy games with either one of those teams. You better be ready. You better be ready to go out there, play hard, execute, pass block better. We didn't feature this a lot in the highlights, but the passing pass protection, not very good from the Buccaneers. Too many penalties. Holding, false starts, the the personal foul on Ryan Jensen after a play. So the, there's frustration everywhere, but the offensive line play is going to also have to be better coming up as well here over these next three games. So the Bucks will be off to Baltimore coming up for the matchup with the Ravens. It'll be our first trip into Baltimore since 2010. Uh, the 10-6 season was the last time that we played against uh, the Ravens. And again, Lamar Jackson is at quarterback, the former Heisman Trophy winner, played well at times uh, in Kansas City as the uh, Ravens had the lead. The Chiefs came back and tied it late and ended up winning the game with a field goal in overtime. So uh, kudos to uh, the Bucks for battling hard, but now you got a tough task against the Ravens, and then two more left at Dallas, and Atlanta will come home for the home finale a couple of days before we ring in the new year on December the 30th, and the Falcons, losers yesterday in Green Bay, appear to be just playing out the string uh, at this point as well. So the Bucks will now try to regroup, battle, get back out there uh, for the Baltimore Ravens coming this week. 
and we will be ready to see what happens in this matchup just before Christmas uh, as we head up to Maryland for that matchup against an AFC opponent on the road. My thanks to Steve Carney helping me with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan and everybody with Buccaneers Radio. However you found this podcast, whether you did so through the Buccaneers mobile app or Buccaneers.com, you can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or wherever podcasts are found. Search nothing but Bucks. Subscribe and the podcast comes automatically to you on Mondays. Here is part of Buccaneers Radio to your phone, to your iPad. It'll ding right away right away if you're a subscriber, so we encourage you to do that. That'll do it here for this edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Bucks and Ravens coming Sunday. We'll be on the air on our Buccaneer Radio Network stations, 98Rock, Buccaneers.com. Tune in and all the Buccaneer over-the-air radio affiliates coming at noon with the pregame. Gene, Dave, and I have the call from Baltimore coming at 1 Eastern time. Until then, we look forward to seeing the Bucks get back into action. Still some things to play for. A lot to, a lot to still sort out here for the end of this season. Let's see what it looks like starting this week. And we'll be back next week on Monday to recap it all on Nothing But Bucks.